Oh, I found 10p. 10p? Yeah. Wow, you're rich. And whole P, I know. <laughs> so I want to become a dog trader. Oh, yeah? But when I look, I just don't know who to join. Yeah. It's a sea of acronyms, and it appears to be unregulated. <laughs> I want to know my money is well spent with me joining a team of dynamic, ethical professionals who have the same goals as me. I also want to be taught using the most up-to-date, science-led data. So where do I go? You heard of Pat? It's a place to go to become the most knowledgeable, skilled, ethical, science-based dog training instructor you can be. It's also one of the few organisations good enough to be a member of the Animal Behaviour and Training Council. The Professional Association of Canine Trainers, PACT for short, is here to help you become the best accredited dog trainer you can be. PACT gonna help you reach your goals. PACT is the place you need to go. Oh, PACT if you love dogs like we do too. PACT we are indeed the place for you. PACT it's time to take that leap of faith. PACT delay no further while you wait. Come find us at packed-dogs.com. Are you looking for the ideal gift for the dog-loving children in your family? Jack and Billy Puppy Tales is a delightful story with an important message for children of all ages. It's written by Steve Goodall and Sally Bradbury. You'll follow two puppies, Jack and Billy, during that all-important first year of their lives. It's had some amazing reviews from some of the top dog trainers in the world. Dr Ian Dunbar, veterinary behaviourist, says... I started to smile after only four pages. I couldn't put it down and at the end I could barely read for tears of happiness. This is a wonderful book. Karen Tong, dog training instructor and child dog bite prevention educator, said this. This will definitely educate both children and adults about the correct way to bring up a puppy. It belongs in the home of all dog lovers and anyone considering acquiring a puppy. You can find us at jackandbillypuppytails.com and join the adventures. We're also on Facebook, Jack and Billy Puppy Tales. See you soon. We have some very exciting news for you on the Barks from the Bookshelf podcast. Our lovely friends at Dogwise, who publish a lot of the books that we have featured and are due to feature have decided to give all of you lovely listeners 10% off all of their titles. So if you head to their website, which is www.dogwise.com, you can have a look at their catalogue. And when you get to your shopping cart at the end, just type in the coupon code, which is BARKBOOK, all one word, B-A-R-K-B-O-O-K, and they'll give you a whopping 10% off. Enjoy! Barks from the bookshelf and we're gonna learn about the dogs Barks from the bookshelf and we're gonna learn together Barks from the bookshelf and we're gonna learn about the dogs Barks from the bookshelf till we're gone 
wax from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and wax from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and wax from the bookshop. Hello! Double hello. Double bubble. <laughs> Double bubble. Uh, how are you, Natalie Light sister? Hang on. Pause. I haven't used a sister behaviorist uh, jingle for a long time. So before get you. my jingle, am I? Before you speak, uh, here we go. One, two, three. So how are you? I'm okay. Good, 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 good. I'm I like, okay. I like to hear that. That's very good because yeah. I haven't seen you for months. I know it's been a while. <laughs> Has it been a while? Probably not. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. When was the last time I saw you? Oh no, I saw you on um. Anyway, people probably Sunday. Sunday. That was it. Not a month ago. Yeah. Oh, the days are all. I, I spent all day thinking it was Friday today. And it's only Thursday. So. I kept thinking it was Wednesday. So it's, Brilliant. Yeah. It's a wonder we're here. <laughs> yeah. um, have you been up to anything fantastic since the last time um, we spoke? Not really. I've just been working, to be honest. Mm. Um, and, yeah, trying not to watch the news too much and mm. get bummed out by everything. I fail uh, at that miserably. Absolutely fail yeah. watching the news. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's been a bit of a meh. Yeah. I'm, I'll turn it on for the podcast, but I'm just kind of, I think, <laughs> it's because I I get it every year anyway, once we start losing light in the evening. Oh, you know, when yeah. you know when you start thinking, oh God, I, I've just finished work and I can just about walk the dogs in the light. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just the thought of, of more covid stuff when we've got about three hours of daylight is a bit depressing yeah. I, I, and again we you know not wanting to you know say that i had a great time during lockdown but the weather was pretty good wasn't it and um, it, yeah it was we yeah. could be in our gardens and stuff enjoying the sun probably more than i have any year and yeah yeah now with it coming um yeah with the with the dark encroaching i had a yeah. I, i've had a bit of a mare week um uh, because uh we found out that our holiday um, was cancelled because Wheels Wheels has Wheels. gone into a an, onto a circuit breaker lockdown. So um, it's basically Wales is closed. Isn't yeah, it? closed, yeah. closed to Steve and Corin. So um, we're not going there anymore, which is a real shame because where we go is lovely, and we were really looking. It's the second time it's been cancelled, and that's the second time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but but hooray we're around the corner because we found another place in nearby uh, Devon. So we're going to go there, assuming that the COVIDs don't lock the country down <laughs> before we get there, which will be the third Fingers time crossed. I've had a holiday yeah. cancelled this year. And I kind of feel like I need a holiday. I think, um, you know, we're, we're all bubbly, smiley, happy characters, aren't we? But sometimes, um, oh, hang on a minute, I've been, been delivered a penny. What could go wrong? Um, uh, I think sometimes, yeah, we're all bubbly, smiley characters, aren't we? But, you know, these things affect us all in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways, don't they? So, yeah. So, you know, um, uh, uh, respect to everyone out there dealing with the COVIDs in their own unique ways. I'm sure everyone's has been affected in some way, shape or form. Other than, yeah. Stay safe, everybody. Indeed. Stay, stay in safe. and read a book. Stay away from the bugle balls. 
Stay in a real bit. That's a good one. <laughs> so I tell you what, um, uh, I've got a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Uh, um, uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before we do any of that, um, talk about the logo. We need to talk about. Yeah, logo. I was gonna, I was gonna Go butt on. in. Go Sorry, on, I, thought, in. I didn't want to ruin your. So um, anyone that likes our Facebook page, uh, and if you don't go and have a look, uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash Barks and Books, um, we have a new logo. <laughs> wow. Um, the lovely Lily Chin has designed us a logo with Drax and Peaches on it. I mean, how amazing is it? I'm so chuffed. I'm so, yeah. I'm so happy and excited and uh, just absolutely love it to bits it looks great it uh, looks brilliant thank you so much lily for doing yeah thank you lily um yeah, it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant yeah go and have a look go and check it out we're gonna plaster it all over everything it's probably on the uh the, well it is it's already i've put it up i know this already yeah so i need to of... share it on drax's page as well because i haven't done that yet so. <laughs> yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant i love the book they're so so peaches and drax are reading the book and the book just says humans with a question mark on it <laughs> I love that. That's a that's a lovely little touch. Really, really yeah. good. Um, yeah, doggy drawings. Um, go and find Lily Chin if you want any illustration work done. Um, well, as you probably know if you listen to this podcast and listen to last week's. Oh edition. my goodness! I checked out her Etsy shop as well, oh. and I had to leave it because I was about <laughs> to spend lots of money. The the pin badges are amazing. There's an African wild dog pin badge that I I would love, uh, but. All of the all of the merchandise is lovely. So. Well, you never know what Santa Claus will bring. Well, yeah, indeed. Um, indeed. Yeah, and and actually, um, I got a physical copy of the book. We had a PDF file of it um, because the 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 um, post from America is doolally at the moment. But um, I got a physical copy of, um, Ooh, of, nice. of Doggy Language, um, and it is every bit as awesome as you would imagine it is. And again, I stand by my my you know everyone should have it everyone should own it everyone should have it go and get it yeah. brilliant yeah. thanks again lily you're a star yeah thank you lily um i wanted to talk so, about yeah what do you want to talk about then yeah mate? so i got sent an uh, a, a lovely email from uh, someone called cookie um and they just wanted us to give a shout out to they've opened a dog cafe in london wow. um 104 heath street london that's nw31dr um, and they got. Uh, I, I went on the website. It's really, really cool looking place. Got a little menu for dogs, menu for humans. Um, I don't know where that stands at the moment in terms of tears and covids and things for getting Who there. Knows? But, Who knows? But um, if you're listening to this, you know, in in, in three years' time, uh, hopefully um, you can go down there when everything's not locked down and have a and have some uh, nice nice cup of char with your with your pup. It sounds great. Yeah, it? sounds yeah. great. Might for that, I wouldn't take um, my Newfoundland in there, but um, I certainly would take Penny in there. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it's probably the wrong way around, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But thanks for the message. And another little... Um, a little shout out I wanted to say was we got, we received a lovely, 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 lovely message. We did. From, it, was, um, it was gushing and it made us bleary-eyed it was lovely oh it gave me a warm a warm tingle on a day when it was all dark shingle yeah, i tried to rhyme <laughs> there, but, um, uh, so that was from kelly um kelly rana hart um who only works i don't even know what this means but it sounds amazing she works the stations in the northern territories of australia i know wow wtf i was just like yeah. wow we people listen to us in australia um she sent us a fabulous message it was brilliant and but she also sent us a video of i think it's her friend's dog fitz chasing dragonflies in the northern territories yeah. of australia as well which is <laughs> which is really really lovely um 
uh, we love it if you send us emails and things and bits and bobs just get in touch um we can chew the fat um it's great um yeah it's nice i mean i'm bl- blown away i every now and again i look we I, I get statistics um about yeah where we are downloaded across the world and that blows my mind um we, it's we got, amazing isn't it do you know where we got we got one download on the ascension isles wow <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where that is. That's I had to I had to look it up. It's they're in the middle of um uh they're the tiny set of islands owned by I think the UK um in in the middle of the Atlantic and it was here's a little bit of um a little bit of trivia for you. It was used as a sort of refueling station for um planes flying over in the Falklands conflict. So it's on the sort of way between England and Argentina. There's not a lot. Only a thousand people live there, and one of them. Um, listen, this is our podcast. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, either that or it's a glitch. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> someone downloaded it when they flew over. <laughs> I, I don't know how it works. Yeah. Press the wrong button on them. <laughs> I don't know how it works. So, other than that, have you got up to anything naughty this week or anything? Or you, uh, it's, uh, it's all been no, just uh, working and chilling with the dogs and yeah, normal routine, really. Bit yeah. boring, to be honest, but um. Yeah, I'm trying to hunker down and and write for my PhD. But um, you'd be pleased to know that Felix the fox is still making regular visits to the garden and the bird feeder has now obviously gone. Someone's tweeted about it because we've had tits galore. (laughs) Tits galore. Brilliant. I'll be around in a minute. Um, Ken, is there any chance of getting a little video of uh, Felix on the on the Facebook page at some yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some saved. So, yeah, lovely, lovely. I'll tell you, I've got one funny thing that happened to me this week. Um, I was walking uh, Peaches, took her for a walk uh, to my mum and dad's. And on the way, I don't live too far from my mum and dad. We live in the same sort of village. And um, on the way, there's a really narrow cutway. Cuts through from a park to my mum and dad's road. And... Um, quite often especially in the in the time of covid if you see it's quite long but you can see all the way down it so if you see someone coming up the other way either they'll turn around and you know go and wait at the bottom or um or you've got to do that awkward yeah depends who's who's giving who's giving way how far you're how far you're through that sort of thing but everyone's pretty good everyone's been pretty good but anyway there's there's a dude down the bottom on on his phone as i was walking peach down and uh He's having a nap, and I'm like, "Oh, is he going to turn around?" Because I was quite quite a way down there, but he did. He sort of looked at me, so and he went and he stood sort of like back uh, enough so I could get me two meter distance bit part. Now, of course, I get I get this a lot with Peach because she's so big. Le- less now, I'm hoping, because you've just got her a lovely pink harness, haven't you? Yeah. She's got a lovely pink perfect fit harness. So, but most people think she's a boy. Just I guess just because she's big. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I get that a lot. Loads of people go, oh, look at the size of him and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> when I walked past this guy in kind of like a, a London kind of accent, he went, hello, big boy, like that to her. <laughs> and I just went, oh, darling, to him. <laughs> <laughs> just as, as a reflex like that. And he just he, gave me a little will. look. Yeah, I think yeah. I did. I think we I think we, we got, yeah, and I, I took his number and, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? What people think, um, you know, big dogs must be male. I get that a lot. Weird. Mind you, I say, I I do the same thing. In fairness, now I've got both girlies. I call everyone's dog good girl. You know, he's a good girl. He's a good girl. You know, I do do it like that. So in fairness, it's the other way around, isn't it? You know, easily done. Easily done. Easily done. Right. 
shall we <gasps> move Let's on? Well, should tell everyone what we're tell everyone what we're talking about anyway. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. So today we are looking at the awesome book Tricks in the City by the grand human being Zasafras, best name ever, uh, Lowry. Yeah. Zasafras Lowry. I'd look. We, yeah. I looked up um uh, uh where Zasafras has come from. The only thing I could find is um it's a type of tree. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Deciduous. Cool. Deciduous. De- 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 I can't even say that. De- deciduous. De- de- deciduous. Deciduous. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Um. <laughs> yeah. So um, tricks in the city. What a fabulous book. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Jam packed with all sorts of things you can teach your dogs. Um, we're gonna get into it. Um. Um, but yeah, um, there's going to be links of how you can get hold of it, where you can buy it. It's, it's absolutely grand. Yeah, and a lovely chat with Sassafras as well, which yes. was great. Yes, yes, yes. Very lucky again. So hold on to the seat of your pants because we're going in. Whoa. Why read it? Why, Why should we read, read it? it? Why should we read it? I don't know. Why should you read it? Why should I read it, Nat? Well, the thing is... I think we should change this section to Why Do It? Because it's a very practical book, isn't it? I like that. Why do it? Why yeah. do it? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, for, you know, this this episode only, because I d- it, it's a fantastic looking book, but it is jam-packed full of practical things to do with your dogs. And, it, uh, you know, when you are a bit of a training geek or you like doing things that you keeps your dog's brain busy sometimes you can get a bit stuck can't you on what to do next yep. yep and so this is a brilliant just compendium of things to do with your dog i, I should probably uh, say as well that um zasafras owns an absolutely gorgeous newfoundland called sirius um who uh who does a lot of these tricks um if you if you want to follow someone on on facebook and youtube um definitely go and find zasafras because um you can see a lot of this stuff in action and it's absolutely it's just brilliant if for nothing else once a week you get um always there's always a video of sirius going for a puppuccino which um, <laughs> if anyone's you know if anyone's lived with seen in newfoundland and how they eat it's worth its weight in gold. If you need a bit of a pick-me-up each week, Sirius's Puppuccino moment, go and find that 100%. Yeah. Um, some of the tricks that are featured in the book are, uh, well, there's loads in fairness. There's wave, shake, hand targets, uh, target on the ground, uh, go under, crawl, put your toys away. That's always a good one, isn't it? Um, fetch leg weave walking. Oh, I love leg weave. Maybe not for Newfoundland. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you probably could, couldn't you? Walk on your feet. I walk, like that one. Walk on your feet. I've got a funny story about leg weave walking. Can I? Can I tell a Steve story? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to ask permission. <laughs> um, I, I was in a park once and right over the other side of the park, um, there was someone working some border collies, like doing some stuff with them and they were doing all of these fancy things and all of this. And I was looking, wow. I was looking over there going, wow. And I was with my, my dog Scooby at the time um, and we just perfected our leg weave walking um just that week so i thought right i'm gonna wait until they're looking over this is a bit of a show-off moment this is <laughs> i'm gonna wait till they're looking over I'm gonna do a bit of leg weave walking you know just so they know you know hey hey someone over here's got a bit of skill as well 
Um, and and the cue for Scooby to start his leg weave walking was me just stepping forward quite um, exaggeratedly with my right leg. Theatrically, um, yeah. Yes, exactly. So um, there he was. He was stood in front of me. It was a perfect opportunity. I looked over. Person in questions glancing across the field. I stepped forward, very exaggerated with my right leg, and Scooby just proceeded to headbutt me in the groin um, <laughs> and then fell on the floor for about a good 30 seconds to a minute whilst I recovered from that and then picked up my lead and wandered off. <laughs> so, well, you know, you were trying to show off. It all went wrong. The moral of the what story is say? clear. The moral of it? the story. <laughs> Still got the bruises. No, I haven't. <laughs> but yeah, again, why read it? It's blooming marvellous. I'm thinking of all the eye parts now for this <laughs> as we pull the arrow right in the cornea right in the corner of the cornea right in it <laughs> right in it they never miss do they that's the thing that's the thing about those marksmen they never miss um so pricked my eye everybody um well in fairness the whole thing is 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 ripe for a pricking um if i'm being honest because you know each page you turn especially when you get into um all of the tricks and the methods and 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 the pictures as well it's worth mentioning there's some fantastic pictures in here um uh it's all it's all it's it's a real page turner if you've got any interest in teaching your dogs um some tricks and and learning about why you should and the benefits then again the book is great but there is one passage that really did prick my eye natalie light (laughs) sister behaviorista um and that is uh on page 20 and it's under the um title tricks for all I'm going to read it out. I'm just going to read it okay. out in Zasafras's much more eloquent words than mine. <clears throat> there is a very common old myth and figure of speech that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Honestly, I think this is one of the most dangerous pieces of misinformation permeating modern dog culture. Not that I think all dogs need to learn how to jump through hoops or find hidden odours in order to live a happy life, though it does bring a lot of joy to many dogs. Rather, what concerns me is the underlying idea that older dogs are incapable of learning. This is really sad for these dogs. Old dogs are fantastic and smart, and they absolutely need to be trained and enriched the same way younger dogs do. Drops Mike and Zasafras leaves the Mike room. Moves away. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. 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 A round of applause. Definitely. Though. I love it. Because, you know, um, there's loads of research in um, human psychology as well about keeping your grey matter active by doing things like crosswords and puzzles. And, you know, it can really help to combat cognitive decline. So there's no reason why it wouldn't be true of, of dogs as well. And um, I think um, it kind of links with what pricked my eye, which was the kind of safety aspects, because mm-hmm. I think um, tricks get a bit of a bad rep sometimes they like you know we're trying to create performing monkeys but this is really just a bit of fun at home with your dog i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure there are people that go too far with it and there always are no there's always <laughs> yeah. someone that can go too far i mean yeah, yeah. doing backflips off a cliff or whatever but you know um yeah i think it we, we shouldn't dismiss older dogs. This is, you know, some of these tricks are low impact and actually really good for, for physical and mental um, uh, enrichment, really, um, and, and keeping them supple and their brains active. 
so, I, we yeah, talk I we agree. talk about the whole keeping them supple and um and actually how they can benefit recovery from injuries and things along those lines don't we a little bit in the interview yeah um, yeah it's a funny old world we live in isn't it you've got to be so careful because because there there are you know i think we we throw the baby out with a bathwater sometimes don't we you know if, if, if one thing is found to be slightly in detriment to something then that whole ethos goes out the window sometimes and sometimes mm. it's not it's not necessary. I'm, I'm even as I'm talking, I'm trying to censor myself in my brain, which I don't really do very well. <laughs> so, but you know what I mean. You, you're you're walking on hot coals sometimes, aren't you? Because some people would just there'd be people that would just dismiss trick training for that for that reason. Like, oh, it's, mm. it's all about your ego. The dog's not enjoying it. Now, if you're a you know if you're an animal lover, um, you know if you if you've got a heart and I'm sure most people have, then you're, you're the filter you should put everything through is, does my dog enjoy this? What am I observing from their body language? Do they want more constant breaks to see if they come back for more short little sessions? You know, as long as you're doing those things um, and again, you're not, you know, trying to train your dog to be some sort of parkour (laughs) genius jumping around. I think, I think it's all right. And it's all right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it can help build bonds you know it's it's like everything it's it, if you go too far with it then um yeah it could be detrimental and i think where there may be the controversy with tricks comes from is the the kind of it's an empty behavior it's it's a vacuum behavior it doesn't have any um particular uh uh kind of like it doesn't have a job or a place it's just for fun yeah um but actually i if if that's the line we're going down i would kind of um dismiss that claim anyway because i think a lot of the the tricks you know like turns and twists and even leg weaving can be really good warm-up exercises before your dog goes off lead you know um and uh, yeah I i know we kind of talked about it in the interview about not throwing a ball where your dog will then spin around to to reduce the risk of injuries and you know that's all trick training really and all of the proprioception stuff that's really hot with um you know uh t-touch people and you know the groundwork that they do a lot of it is is trick training it's just got a different label and we're obsessed with labels aren't we and then and then once um people start worrying about well what's the point of it if if there's a kind of overriding sense of fun and building a relationship and positive reinforcement then what's not to love can you say the p word again proprioception (laughs) do you like that one i love that word There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, brilliant. Well done. You need a round of applause for that bit, Matt. That's really, really good. I don't need to say anything, do I? And now I've got you saying proprioception on tape. I can have that and cut, edit that out and use it as I want for the rest of time. There you go. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and and Zasafras goes a, a long way to explaining all of this in the book, the safety mm-hmm. aspects, why you should do it, when you shouldn't be doing it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, uh, again, fabulous book. Fabulous. So, yeah. Um, uh, do you think we do you think we've let everyone know that we like it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. We do I a think good job of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let us move on. Okay, we have a fantastic interview with um, our lovely 
uh, author that uh, we are um, looking at this week. So I've got a bio here. I'm just going to read it out. Bio time. Right? It's my yeah, favourite time. time of the week. Here we go. Sandra <coughs> Fraslauri is an award-winning author whose books have been honoured by organisations ranging from the American Library Association to the Dog Writers Association of America. Wow. 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 Sassafras's dog books include Tricks in the City, Healing slash Healing. Oh, that's like our game. Oh, we need to go back to that. <laughs> yeah. um, Bedtime Stories for Rescue Dogs and Chew This Journal, an activity book for you and your dog, which is due in December. And we do we did talk to her about it in the interview. Yeah, they, see, this is the one. Um, I think I saw this again like, where I see so many things on Zazie Todd's um, companion. Animal. Yeah. Um, blog but um yeah that book sounds blooming marvelous so Zasafras is probably gonna have to come on at some point yeah to talk about that one <laughs> to talk about you this journal which yep. is a brilliant brilliant title for <laughs> isn't it um Sassafras runs the youtube channel introvert circus which is introvertcircus.com and is a certified trick dog instructor Sassafras writes and trains in Portland, Oregon and you can learn more at www.sassafraslowry.com and we'll put a link to both of those in the podcast info. So shall we head in and have a chat? Although yeah. we all go, we're going back in time, aren't we? So we need to do... the um the backwards leg weaves going <laughs> you have been stalking me yeah <laughs> they're going <laughs> they're going it is a um it is a fun challenge when you are definitely height challenged as i am and the dog is giant like she is <laughs> i like the hand movements yeah i love the hand movements. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> bit <laughs> it's our backup one yeah her favorite trick is orbit so it's always the challenge to Go back through, but don't circle around and make me fall over. <laughs> she she is just delightful, uh, serious. I mean, I, I literally just the picture of her the other day when she was asleep with her tongue sort of just on the floor, like <laughs> like laid out. It just cracked me up. I'm brilliant. not I'm not going to get a word in, am I? Because you've got Newfie <laughs> Newfie supporters gang, you two. <laughs> We're like it's a whole Newfie gang. I think you have yeah. to. Be going to share your life with one of these ginormous beasts <laughs> unfortunately um peaches my newfoundland has been lame over the last couple of weeks i i had lofty ambitions of trying to nail uh one of the tricks in tricks for the city and then presenting it to you tonight live <laughs> but she was she was in the vets yesterday and had an x-ray um and luckily everything's come back fine um that's good yeah and of course as soon as we booked the x-ray she didn't limp at all on the lead up to it at all which is classic but um I mean, yeah that's how you know you're a big newfie person i don't know how much you did stalk me do you know about Sirius's no this history no 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 i so don't she yeah she um had bilateral tplo right before her second birthday so both of her knees are completely rebuilt really oh wow um, she's bionic yeah <laughs> She is bionic. Um, I have like the X-ray. It's fairly, it's it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. 
um, all of the steel plates in her knees. So yeah, she, um, it's a new thing. Wow. <laughs> she, has, she came, came yeah. from a great breeder who did all the testing. Everyone else in her line is great. And Boom. Yeah, but I think it, it kind of goes with the territory a bit with giant breeds, doesn't it? And then you've got to be so careful. I mean, I know my knees play up because I'm carrying a bit of extra timber. So all of that extra, you know, um, weight on the joints and all sorts. It's just it's just tricky, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no, I, she's, she gets lifted in and out of the car. You know, people give us these funny looks. I'm like, no, she's huge. But you got to be there. They're very. Yeah very uh, fragile giant yeah, things but awesome. she's she's good to go she's cleared to do everything the rehab vet and there's you know surgeon and everybody you're like she could do agility and i'm like mm, no that's okay <laughs> <laughs> with bigger tunnels <laughs> yeah she, can, she she loves agility she does love tunnels i'm just too jumpy to i once you do it i'm like i'm not we're not doing anything high impact <laughs> yeah We've got, we've actually got a little, it's, it's not a full, full size tunnel, but um, we do our puppy conversation sessions, which is just puppy socialization. And yeah. uh, we've got this little tunnel in there that we pop in there just for something for them to experience and go through if they want to. And yeah. Peaches the other day stuck, only her head fits in it. She stuck her head in it, <laughs> but she was determined to try and get, I don't know if there was something in there, a treat or something, but she, and it just all concertinaed up as she sort of like plowed herself through it. It was absolutely hilarious. Oh my God, there's nothing funnier. I love it. Yeah, no, Sirius loves the tunnel. It's one of her favorite things and she just sort of collapses herself. To, to <laughs> do you have, um, or have you heard of Hoopers? Do you have that in America? We do have, so I have heard of Hoopers. I'm obsessed with Hoopers and we don't have it in America. Oh um, man. Or we do in incredibly limited ways. Um, yeah. I, we had it more frequently because she would love it. We did tons of agility foundations and I would, she would be great. I would just love to do it with her without the jumping, but it's very uncommon here because we are daredevil, obnoxious people here. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer jumping through flames and all that kind of stuff over yeah. there. <laughs> Evidently, that is the thing. Yeah, so I'm very jealous of all my friends in the UK who get to do Coopers because I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's, should, it's really hook. taken off here, actually. And it's so good for um, older dogs. And, well, it's good for all dogs because it's just yeah. less impact, but yeah. still all the, the movement stuff. So yeah. we should, I wish. Um, I'm hoping. We should hook you up with, um, we've got a friend, Carrie Ann Selwyn, who's, she runs mm. a company called Canine Hoopers World, and she's trying to expand across the globe with her hoopersness. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll get you guys talking to one another. Oh, I think that'd yeah. be great. I, I would love to see it here, and especially for giant dog people who you know i feel like these guys don't need to jump that big and the hoopers tunnels are bigger yes they're yes. shorter and taller it's like it, it's built for them it's perfect before we get on to talking about your plethora of amazing things that you have done <laughs> and written and all of that that stuff um what is going on in portland i don't it's like coming Coming from the UK, I hear all sorts of stuff. I've got a very needy Jack Russell shouting at me here. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, the, the media would have you believe that we are living in a war zone. Yeah. I think kind of whatever they're seeing. It is. I mean, the biggest issue actually was the wildfires last time. I'm muting my watch. Was the wildfires last week? So yeah. in Oregon, you know. The whole west coast of the u.s is on fire so that's been a thing in terms of the protests um they're 
really confined to about a seven block period oh, yeah. in or like space in downtown Portland. So it's it's very, very small um, beyond the fact that we had like federal agents coming and like yeah, yeah. people marked vehicles and we've now been declared an anarchist state or I don't know. So I mean, <laughs> wow. from federal level, it's very disturbing from a, what's actually happening level it's hi i know are you talking (laughs) they're they're having their own podcast hello (laughs) hiya this is gorgeous (laughs) oh mine's joining in now oh hi serious oh my goodness hey hang on let me try and take a photo i was having that same thought i'm like can we take a photo of this there we go Oh my god! <laughs> I'm getting snogged to death here. Proper dog podcast. Look at this! Oh my god! <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, look at her. Oh, she's beautiful. I love it. Oh my god, that's the best screenshot ever. Can I post that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we put it on our page as well? Awesome! Yeah, Hi. yeah, cool. I know. So, so you're not awesome. dis- yeah. you're not descending into hell over there as uh, as everyone would have us believe. Then you're you're all right. I mean, our country is. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's thing. <laughs> if your politics look anything like mine, then yes, our country is like you know on the verge. Yeah, of fingers crossed that's for awesome. November, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. That is all. That is all hope. But yeah, no. Otherwise, no. Compared to what everybody is saying, if, I mean, it is. It, it, we are. We live in a very quiet neighborhood in Portland, and honestly, if we didn't watch the news, I would have absolutely no idea any of this was happening. I think that's the key, isn't it? Sometimes just don't watch the news, and then everything. You go outside, and the birds are tweeting, and everything's, and then you come inside, and you watch the news, and it's like, ah, and it's yeah, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Don't watch the news. Stay off it, which is impossible for me. But hey. daily, those daily um, pandemic briefings got me down for a while as well. I just had to go cold turkey on those because yeah. And you guys was... are doing a little better though, right? Well, uh, no, it's all gone. It's all gone downhill again now. So yeah, we've right. taken a turn for the worse. So there's there's new lockdown procedures coming in, and looking like there's going to be another national lockdown as well. Yay! Yay for winter. I mean, hundred thousand COVID deaths. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, there is that. So. Yeah, there is that. We were we were slow to act, similar to the states, I think, and maybe not as slow, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't I mean, great. Not as slow because we still haven't acted. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's a seamless link there, though, isn't there? Because if we have another lockdown your book would be perfect for people to keep themselves busy with their dogs. Yes, that is that is what I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so can you tell us a bit about how you got the book started and, um, you know, where the ideas came from and just tell us all about yourself. Yeah, sure. So Chicks in the City uh, released last year and it's, the idea for it really came from wanting to help people have more fun with their dogs and do it in a way that was safe and intentional and thoughtful, as opposed to some of the, you know, things you'll see online where, you know, dogs are doing these ridiculous stunts and then everyone's like, my dog can do that. And it's like, oh my God, your dog cannot do that. Or should not do that. We shouldn't be doing that. Uh, so the, the idea was really to have a book that was bringing together 
bringing together um, fun, accessible trick instruction that were, was doable for most, if not all dogs. At the time I was writing it um, and really the inspiration for it, um, I had three dogs. At the time, my oldest um, who just passed was a 17 year old Chihuahua and was doing tricks up until you know the very end but who really got me into it was my um dog who passed last year from cancer it's been a year (laughs) yeah you've been through it in like the last 12 months um but my former street dog charlotte who um, was very very high needs we adopted uh when we were living in new york and she had sort of the array of issues one might anticipate that a street dog might have she was you know severely dog reactive she was anxious she you know you name it she had it she was you know had medically you know you know medication resistant anxiety to lots of things she's actually why we left New York um ultimately (laughs) wow that's that's an extreme behavior modification plan that I could get behind though well done (laughs) um the, the move from New York we're living in Brooklyn and um actually it was her and Sirius so within like a six month period, her uh, extreme phobia to thunder, which is very, very common on the East Coast of the US. Uh, and she was, her main trigger was actually barometric pressure changes, which you can't. Oh, yeah. wow. yeah. no, no warning or control over or anything. Yeah. Exactly. There's like no desensitization. You can't yeah. really do anything about it. Um, her main trigger was that. Um, and then Sirius blew both of her knees and needed to have significant knee surgery and rehab, both of which were very hard to do in New York. Um, And so we were living in the basement of our townhouse in Brooklyn because Sirius couldn't do the stairs and we were living under 24 seven supervision of Charlotte who couldn't be left alone because the weather would change. Uh, So in a a very short period, we sold our house and drove cross country. Um, That's a side tangent. (laughs) But um, Charlotte, who was so, so challenging in lots of ways was also brilliant. Like so many of these dogs are that are way too smart for their own good. And so it was a really, what I discovered was finding a way to channel that. So my history and experience was in dog sports. I was competed in agility for a long time um, when I was a teenager uh, and then had sort of moved away from dog sports for a variety of reasons. And Charlotte, Charlotte was how I discovered tricks and discovered that in the intervening you know, decade plus, Um, that it had become a thing and she excelled. And so what drove me to write the book was trying to help people to find ways to engage with their own dogs um, who might be really challenging. And I found that dogs like Charlotte often do really well with this kind of Mm. very intentional activity. And then also working with people who are living with very challenging dogs and are overwhelmed and frustrated that giving them something fun and proactive to do with their dogs that isn't actually about trying to modify the behavior that is so challenging to live with can do wonders for um, the relationship that they have with that dog. And so that was, you know, in a very long way, kind of the, the background of what led me to write tricks in the city and wanting to bring, you know, things that I had written maybe in magazines and things together in one place. 
it's amazing. It's a great book. And there's how many chicks are in there? I thought I was going to count them all up before I got in there. But there's, there's oh, she, oh, look at that. She's got them right there in front of her. Well done. I have one. It's um, yeah, it's it's over 50 tricks. It's 100 and 200 pages. And it's yeah, well over 50 tricks. I thought they were numbered in here, but they're not. Yeah, there's a, there's a brilliant bit in in the book where you talk about uh, it's in the drawing when uh, teaching dogs to draw and and you've and you've been asked why you haven't provided grandchildren <laughs> me me and Nat are both team no kids so um I I just had a big chuckle when I when I read that and then I thought that's the perfect this is the perfect thing to teach peaches to do <laughs> you can put it in a little frame you could wrap it up it's the perfect gift <laughs> I loved it. I loved that. It was really good. And I really liked um, that there's a couple of interviews at the end as well, where you spoke to. So I wasn't familiar. So Sarah Carson. Yeah. Who who was on um, America's Got Talent. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And she I guess we had. I can't remember what her name is now with Pudsey. What's. um. Oh, uh, Ashley. Ashley with Pudsey. Ashley so we had, Pudsey. yeah, and they were on Britain's Got Talent and they rocketed to stardom um, yes. um, because of the, the trick routine that was done on there. Um, so I'm guessing that was a similar thing, was it, with Sarah? Yeah, yeah, she did a similar thing with her dog Hero and then um, she has a whole a whole pack of border collies that do all kinds of things. Yeah, it's amazing to watch, isn't it, though? And I remember seeing, <laughs> like... Is seeing some dogs going across like high wires and things like that and just blowing my mind I mean yeah, yeah. I mean I'm quite I'm quite chuffed with teaching hand touches let alone uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything fun? I feel like that's one and that's kind of exactly it right like you teach somebody to get their dog to can you boop? you know <laughs> <laughs> No way. Uh, I am not a performing monkey, mother. <laughs> like, no, it is my nap time. Goodbye. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, but like, you know, it totally, people are absolutely thrilled. It doesn't have to be this like, you know, massive fancy performance for people to no. just be like enthralled. And hand touches are really practical as well, aren't they? In terms of, I, I, I remember the... Um, Scooby, the dog that I lost in January this year, his hand touch recall was sublime. It was yep. amazing. If you said touch and put your hand out to him, he would spin on a penny and run back. I think mostly because I always associated that hand touch with Mr. Monkey, which was his favourite toy. So I always had always had Mr. Monkey in my backpack. If I didn't have if I didn't have Mr. Monkey, we didn't do hand touches. So he knew if I said Scooby Touch, it was like, oh my God, Mr. Monkey. And he'd run straight over him. Like, by, by the end of it, he was like slapping my hand, like, you know, away from me. It was great. And that's the key, right? Is to not like break that recall. <laughs> it's yep. like, you always have Mr. Monkey. If you got Mr. Monkey. Yep. Yep. Happy know. days. I, I, te- yep. I do a lot of teaching new hand touches as recalls. I was yeah. do- doing it today, oddly enough, with another Newfoundland called Dexter. And it was, it was really good. And <laughs> yeah, it blows people's minds. It's a simple little thing, but it really, yeah. people are like, this is amazing. This is brilliant. And it really infuses yeah. them. I think simple things like that as well really help people that might be first time dog owners or first time dog trainers to, to, build that practical skill of timing and you know what hand goes where all those things that we've all learned and it's so easy once you know how just like driving a car really it just becomes second nature Mm. but I think you know um maybe sometimes tricks get a bit of a bad rap for being gimmicky and not having a kind of wider function but actually I think they're 
they, for all the reasons you mentioned in the book, you know, they build rela- the relationship. They are just a bit of fun, especially if you're working on a behavior plan and it's all a bit doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah. um, and it helps the owner to build those and the dog to build those motor patterns and work together as a team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it, you know, tricks totally get sort of downplayed so much as like, oh, this is just, you know, a circus you know, it's, you know, it's parlor tricks. It's not a big deal. And I'm so excited to see how that is really changed, I think, or mm. is changing and people are recognizing that it's, it's about making training fun and accessible for people and their dogs. And it doesn't need to be this like old school. I think we all know that it doesn't need to be this old school, you know, go, you know, obedience drills that, you mm-hmm. know, you might've seen 20 years ago or whatever yeah. it's like that's not bringing people into dogs that's not helping people to spend more time with their dogs here's a cool question for you well i'm saying it's a cool question look at me um <laughs> you can be, you can be the judge of that i'm not just stepping in um all right parky <laughs> did you did um did any of the tricks that you've done with sirius help with the rehabilitation after she'd had her ops yeah, that is a great question. So one of the things that has been absolutely mind-boggling to me has been the way that tricks can really help as a healing process. And I don't mean that in this sort of like woo-woo way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I sort of have two stories about that. One, which you know, it definitely is serious. So serious um, from the day she came home, we were doing tons of foundation training and um rear foot awareness work and all kinds of no impact things that that you want to do with a puppy, especially a giant puppy that is going to need to figure out their body in space. Um, We were, you know, doing lots of tricks and doing, you know, rally obedience and that kind of stuff. Uh, And then she blew her knees and needed to have this massive knee surgery. And many times they only will do one knee at a time um, surgically. They'll They'll do surgery on one knee, heal that knee, surgery on the other knee. And for many dogs, that makes perfect sense to do, but it also brings up some challenges because they're very likely to re-injure the surgically altered knee. They're also very likely to favor a knee during that process. And so when we were meeting with surgeons um, on both coasts, we met with a bunch of surgeons before we selected her surgeon. And one of the things that they brought up was how evenly balanced her muscle tone was. That despite the fact that she had blown her knees, um, that she had a ton of muscle tone and that it was very even and that she was incredibly fit and very strong. And that was what enabled them to make the decision. They were going to do both of her knees okay. at the same time. Um, and then 14 days after surgery, when, as soon as the staples came out, we were meeting with our um, rehabilitation physical therapist vet to start physical therapy. And all of the exercises really that were coming up in physical therapy are tricks. Mm. And so she had all of this foundation. She knew how to, you know, move her body. She knew how to, you know, how to pivot. She knew how to pause up and things that you... Even the the concepts of, you know, shaping or luring and all that kind of stuff. When you've had a dog that's learned that through tricks, so much easier, isn't it? Because you're not starting from from scratch. Exactly, exactly. And that was, you know, what... um, our rehab vet, who I love dearly, really talked about is how challenging it is for her when dogs come in who have never had any training and they, you know, they work with them all the time, how much more challenging it is. You have a dog that's recovering from an injury, recovering from surgery, 
and they don't know anything. You know, similarly, um, Charlotte, who you know really inspired this book in the last year, about a year before she passed, she herniated discs in her back very, very badly. Um, and you know, our, the first vet we we met with was like, "This dog is never going to walk again." Mm. Um, wow. She's, this is like you need to make some end of life choices. She was barely able to stand, and we went to our rehab vet who with changed some things up and she regained reaches a little wobbly but she regained full mobility she was able to do tricks she was able to hike she was able to swim for the last um several months of her life before cancer but again talking to our rehab vet at that point so much of that was about all of the foundational tricks she had been doing for years and her Mm. the the core muscle strength that she had from tricks, even low impact tricks over time and her understanding of um, learning and engaging for a dog that had lots of fear issues made going into a rehab vet, no problem. Because she was like, oh, we're gonna go do tricks here. It's not scary um, that you know would have been very different. Mm. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. That's something that actually, uh, you know, I, that that question sort of come to me as as we were talking, but it's something I haven't massively considered actually in terms of like rehabilitation and if something comes wrong, um, you know, body awareness, those sorts of things. I remember I, I saw I did see a post on Facebook today, and it was kind of a, it was someone saying, you know, why why would you bother teaching your dog a middle? I don't even know whether you call it a middle or anything. You know, why would you bother doing it? Seems stupid. Seems ridiculous for me. I think with all of the things in the dog training world, do you know what I mean? If we're going to argue about blooming people teaching their dogs to go through their legs, it seems mad anyway. But I, I, are you gonna, are you gonna answer that? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Because then. this is one of mine. Because I, uh, Jack, my collie, um, I was, I just loved doing brain games with him. So I did loads of tricks with him, and it helped me to, to, to kind of be a better trainer basically but the middle was perfect for me when I was throwing a ball for him not that I throw a ball a lot but um because a lot of injuries in dogs are when they whip round from staring at you waiting for the ball to be thrown and so if I I was able to say middle first he'd go through through my legs and then he's facing forward when I throw the ball so when he takes off all of his body is pointing in the right direction so that's why you teach a middle. That's a great one. <laughs> I used to do a similar thing with Scooby with um, with playing tuggy games. So you see, get him to do a middle and then grab the tug, just so that his mouthful of teeth was going out that way, not towards <laughs> yeah. other parts and things. Yeah, you because know, so, he was enthusiastic. You know, bless him. He was an enthusiastic boy. Um, yeah, and you know, I've had, I mean, I've done it before in puppy classes. Like, it's, it's a it's a handy way to clip a harness on your dog. You know, it's. There's loads of reasons why you do it. And again, you know, if you just, if you're in a mood to argue about that on Facebook, then, you know, there's, there's, there's... I mean, you know, dog people will argue about anything. Yeah, you're not wrong. We're man. really good at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's silly. I mean, it's all tricks. Everything we're doing with dogs, if we really want to think about it, could yeah. be considered, you know, yeah. tricks, but there's so many practical applications for a lot of these. And, you know, some of them are just silly, but a lot of them, you know, to, to both your points, you know, have so many real life, uses for our dogs yeah yeah loads and loads and actually at the the back of your book you've got 
how you can apply these to all sorts of different wonderful things like like sniffing parkour i like the parkour one i was having a read of that um yeah there's and i love that, that that's a great thing about the book at the end you you go really into detail of how you can you know if you wanted to your dog to become an actor on television and you know all of these things is you know if you've got these lofty ambitions you know the, the route is through you know trick training yeah I, I loved early on in the book, there's a brilliant picture of a, of a, a Burbell uh, doing a lovely yoga pose, kind of a, a, the downward dog or I don't know, I don't do <laughs> yoga, but I'm presuming that's what it is. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, I, I taught Jack a similar thing because when, um, when we first got him, uh, I would take him to work and he was spending more time than I would have liked in the car. Um, you know safely and with ventilation and all sorts but what I didn't want to do is get him straight out and not warm him up and play with him Mm. and all sorts so I taught him a a stretch leg by leg Um, and again practical applications isn't it absolutely and I think we've learned so much about you know the importance of getting our dogs, you know, stretched out before we do things. I remember when I was, you know, started competing in agility 20 years ago, we all thought nothing of taking our dogs out of the car and X pen, you know, mm. at a show and throwing them in the ring. And it's mm. terrifying now when I'm like, oh my God, what were we doing? It's remarkable. Any of our dogs did not have more injuries than they did. Um, but yeah, so many of these tricks are great for, you know, getting your dogs stretched out before you're doing something else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I walking backwards as well is another classic one, isn't it? Love that. So, although the practical applications for that are brilliant. We've been teaching Peach that one at home now, and it's really good for a Newfoundland. You can get them to yes. get them to just move out the way of the door just for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that was always a good one for for Jackie Dog as well because he wore well. Um, he was. He was not shy at using his teeth. Let's put it that way. So if he was in the way, uh, there were, uh, not that I'm into manhandling dogs anyway, but we, I literally called it move, which meant <laughs> get out of the way. <laughs> so, so wherever I, I did, it wasn't necessarily a perfect backup, but it was just walk away from me was move with that move. <laughs> and um, it's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant because also people that don't know about uh, the fact that he's got that as a cue naturally saying, "Can you move?" Yeah, and he'll go, and he "Oh yeah, it. I know that one." As and then he's out magic. of their way, and he's he's out of the way of of you know biting. Yes. <laughs> <Which> yes. <is laughs> so I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about your new book that's coming out in December. Is that right? Um, to this yep. journal that this was um uh so i saw zazie todd um post something about this and my me i would it was just the title i love the title it's so good like Tudor, it's like yeah it's like yeah Tudor's journal this, this is what we want you to do um i don't even know really what's in it i've now had a look but i did the title alone had sold it to me already but um yeah that's what really um We've got um we've got a phrase on our podcast called pricked pricked our eyes. That's what pricked my eyes when I was looking through there, which made me ask Zazie, you know, to put me in touch with you. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about chew this journal. Yeah, so Zazie wrote the foreword for it. Oh, um, cool. So that's sort of the connection there with it, and it is a activity book for people and their dogs to do together. So it's similar in some ways to Tricks in the City. It's going to be mm-hmm. the same size. Um, but it is full of over a hundred things 
you can do with your dog and then space to actually make the book your own. And oh, so wow. it's kind of like a combination like bullet journal, scrapbook, um, training note section. And it really grew out of wanting to um, help people to do, to do more fun things with their dogs. So you mentioned parkour. There's a whole section in there about parkour and there's activities so that people can record what they're doing. So I love to do things like, you know, 30 day pause up challenge. So for the next 30 days, we're going to find, you know, um, something new every single day that my dog can safely put their paws up on in the world. And I love to, you know, do those kinds of challenges with people to inspire them to make it fun and actually yeah. practice things. And so there's spaces in the book to record, you know, what you've been doing. So there's, you know, parkour activities, there's home agility activities, there's trick activities, uh, as well as arts and crafts, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then space in the book to record what your dog thinks, what your dog's working on. So it becomes kind of this memory keeping yeah. um, piece at the same time. That sounds amazing. Sounds great. Yeah, doesn't it? And is, will it be out in time for Christmas then? Is this something that I need to get for every everyone in my life that has a dog? Yes, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's uh, uh, July 15th, um, but was pushed back because of the pandemic. It's mm -hmm. a major bummer. But it is releasing December 1st. So it's okay. available for pre-order now. So you can get all of your holiday shopping done out of the way ahead of time. <laughs> order it now. We'll deliver December 1. Um, and we'll be out in the world in time for holidays. Amazing. Amazing. Sounds good. And, Sounds good. And of course, we also have the uh, Pandemic Pets coloring book as well. Do you, do you ever sleep? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a number of fun projects yeah that was my that was my, my my training book got pushed back so I was like let's do a coloring book let's do a thing so did that um I also did a picture book last year with the artist Lily Chin who you probably are familiar with her doggy dog drug, she's drug, our drug. next she's our next guest yeah we're talking to Lily next week <laughs> ah! oh my god she's amazing so we did a picture book together last year oh. called uh, bedtime stories for rescue dogs William to the rescue Wow. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Right, I'm gonna look that up. Okay, I can up too. Yeah, so bedtime stories for rescue dogs. William to the rescue, and it was a. It's about a little uh, Chinese crested, and he is trying to understand what happens when his mom goes on a business trip and he has to rescue her. Oh, amazing. Oh my goodness. He, he is adorable. And one of my best friends is a Chinese crested enthusiast. Yes. So uh, that is going on the Christmas list right now. <laughs> his safari outfit is adorable. <laughs> so that's William. He is a great explorer. Um, this is a little outfit. He lives in a jungle, which is an apartment in a big city with lots of plants with his mom and their uh, African gray parrot. And he has, his name is King Jonathan, and he goes on many <laughs> adventures with his dog walk crew. He's a dog walker named Perry. He meets lots of different dogs who, um, you know, also have fascinating little adventures together. But in the end, he has to rescue his mom from being on a business trip. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love it. Amazing. And uh, yeah, so did so do, uh, did Lily do the illustrations for that? Did she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. So it's fully illustrated. 
um, by Lily. And so that was um, yeah. such a fun project to get to collaborate with her. I mean, she's so brilliant. No, she's incredible. Incredible. I, I remember seeing we, we had, well, me and Nat, where, where we met at training school, we used to have her posters of Dodd body language up on uh, mm-hmm. there's even one in the toilet if i remember that was, was yeah so like and I, I just remember just falling in love with how simple but absolutely spot on they were i don't think anyone else has got the they haven't got it they just can't quite get it not well, not that i've seen anyway and i and i yeah. and i illustrate dogs as well and i i put myself you know nowhere near the the sort of like the range of of lily chins yeah but. no her work is exquisite and so you know getting to partner with her on william was such a you know such a fun thing because she um, she not only is creates beautiful work but she actually understands dogs so i will say in the book there are lots of sort of hidden easter eggs for dog trainers okay. um subtly hidden in you know the amazing that, that perry the dog dog walker might be reading and what's going on with the dog so that sounds yeah. incredible well i think i think um well natalie's going to fund your retirement it sounds like i've just so, ordered yeah, right. it i've literally just ordered it, <laughs> it it's arriving on saturday doing this podcast is not good for my bank balance we, we but... should we should, what else am I going to spend my money on? We should wait because um, what we do, we, we record the interview um, and then we do like set. I don't know if you've heard the podcast. We do sections um, and and do a book review through in different sections. But we should wait until Saturday so that you've got that in front of you. Nat. I think that might, be, that might be a good. We one, can do a double. A, we can do a, a, doubler. a double. Yeah. Well, we say review, but we don't really review books, do we? Because no. we love them all so much. So it's yeah. more of a, it's a gush. Yeah, it's a it's a useless it's a useless <laughs> review show. That's right. We've yeah. never we've never ever you know come up with a book that we don't like. So there you go. <laughs> I can email you guys, uh, William, also, so you both can see it. I can. Oh, that oh, would be awesome. amazing! Yes, please. I'll send it to you right after uh, we get off. It's a giant file because it's all full color, fully illustrated. Um, so I think it'll attach as like a Google yeah. um, thing. That'd but be fantastic, thank you. you. And did, did you do the illustrations for the Pandemic Pets coloring book then? Did you? I did, oh, I, wow. did. I did. That's really cool, that's really cool. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm not Lily, I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so when, when the pandemic hit, um, one of the ways that I would relieve stress for myself in the evenings was I would draw my dogs and then dogs and then i and so then that was sort of the idea for um what if this could be a coloring book what if that was a thing so that's where it grew out of and i asked people if they wanted their their put an open call out on the internet saying do you want your pets included in this and i got i think 100 submissions of people's pets it is so wow (laughs) that's amazing coloring book that is now in the world That's I can't brilliant. remember what um, what rescue centre it was, um, but and I'm not sure if you would have seen this, but over lockdown, um, there was a rescue centre that were trying to raise extra funds. And um, so they got people to send in pictures of their dogs and then they just drew them really badly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did see that. It was somewhere... Oh, it was somewhere. On, it was somewhere in the states. I can't remember where it was, but I did see it. it was yeah, it, w- it was brilliant. Because for and someone were- like me, yeah, someone like me that can't draw, I am not. I have grand ambitions. The reality is pretty poor, to be honest. <laughs> but you know, it's still inclusive. <laughs> yes, we, I, everybody 
just like I think everybody is capable of learning to teach their dogs things, everybody can make art. It's all about what makes yeah. them happy and having I fun with it. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, and talking about making things, look at that segue now. See, I'm getting better. Wow. Um, the wobble board. You've made a wobble board. Yes. Yes. That was, very, that's <laughs> that was insanely crafty. I'm not. I don't know why I'm. Uh, why I'm surprised after everything else that, you, that you've done. <laughs> but... I have a tutorial up on my YouTube. It's super easy. It's very cheap to make. Oh wow! I'll look, I'll look that out and I'll put a. Um, I'll put a link in our show notes. Um, oh, awesome. That, yeah, that would be great. And is um yeah. and is Sirius enjoying wobbling? She is enjoying wobbling. Yeah. So I, I made. I'd originally made one similar when she was a puppy. Um, because she would use the wobble board when, you know, when she was at puppy class and I was an assistant agility trainer and she'd come with me and she'd use it then. So like twice a week she would do it. But when she hit about seven months old, like many giant dogs, all of a sudden she had grown a lot and things that had been fun before were now a little unnerving and things moving under her feet were a little unnerving. Uh, so I wanted to have one at home, which is how I figured out how to do this very cheaply. So all you need is a around table around board and they sell them at most hardware stores to be yeah. unfinished tabletops mm -hmm. and a tennis ball an old sock and a uh, staple gun so it costs less than 15 dollars. wow there you go there you go no no reason not to go and make one of them now is there for no, i love a bit i love a bit of arts and crafts right right it's a total you could paint it you know i painted ours but you know it's, it sure beats the you know hundred dollars or whatever it is to buy a a wobble board if you don't need a you know professional grade wobble board and you know how many people really need that I always remember I made a DIY uh, treat dispenser. So it's basically, it's, it's a bit of bit of string and it's actually tied between two of my chair legs on my dining room table. It's still there now. That's great. <laughs> that shows how often we eat dinner on our dining room table. Um, <laughs> and so it's got, it's got three bottles on it. Okay. And, and they're, they're weighted in such a way that you'd have to bash them and you put the treats in the bottles and the, and the dining room bash them. Love it. Scooby, my border collie cross being of border collie, um, he just sort of like looked at it, sort of sniffed one of the bottles, and he just sort of grabbed the top of his mouth and just sort of like spun it round so they all fell in his mouth. <laughs> and I spent ages on that. You were outsmarted by a dog, Steve. I, I, every week, every day of my <laughs> life, I'm outsmarted by a dog. <laughs> Our dogs are tricky. They're, you know, everyone's like, I want a smart dog. And I'm like, do you really want a smart dog? Yeah. Smart dog. <laughs> does wonders for your ego <laughs> so i always wonder if my lurcher is actually smarter than the collie as well because if i'm doing training you know they're two two different speeds and mindsets and all sorts and what grew has learned perfectly is lie down on something comfy and look cute and i've highly reinforced it so yeah. You know, I've got I've got the collie here doing spins and making me a cup of tea and all sorts. And then the lurcher goes, "Why would I bother doing all of that? Check me out over here. Look, I've crossed my paws." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, then I mean, then you're totally sold. Your mom's gonna take a picture, and you're gonna get more treats. Yeah. <laughs> I think those guys are the smartest there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you you don't only write books about dogs, do you? You venture into other realms and. I had to, I, I read something very quickly today. I might be completely wrong here, but some someone asking about one of your books, so maybe um, film it, maybe and you know motion pictures, the talkies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I sort of have two very 
different, um, distinct writing careers. Um, I started uh, writing, mostly doing LGBTQ fiction um, is kind of was my was my first thing. And it was what I was very, very known for. Um, and then my freelance writing grew. So I write for a lot of magazines. Um, and the dog part of that really took off. And so kind of it's been this very interesting journey when I, I went full time um, writing two and a half years ago. And so I have these two very different <laughs> writing uh, yeah. things, but the dog one has become, I would say more sort of the focal point in a lot of ways for a lot of a lot of my okay, readers, yeah. but I have a whole other world. But yeah, so maybe there were there were inquiries this week into the film, mm, right? That's for, exciting. Uh, one of my novels. So who knows? You know, it, wow. Could see your name we'll on see. the silver it's a long way from Yeah. An inquiry is a long way from being a film, but it could happen. I, yeah. And what sort of magazines have you written for in the past? Any any big names or Yeah, so most of what I do um contrary to popular belief, writing books is not phenomenally financially lucrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, but mm. uh, so most of what I do is uh, freelance writing um, about dogs and training and dog behavior and life with dogs. So I write for the AKC and I write for Dogster Magazine and I've written for right. the, the New York Times um, Ooh, and wow. Wired Magazine. So yeah, so that's most of what I do is writing about dogs and helping people understand you know, their dogs better. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Again, I don't know how you sleep. You're like, not, <laughs> not how you sleep, when you sleep, I think. is. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you sleep yeah. very soundly. <laughs> I power down. Yeah, I will say I, I, I am I'm not a night owl as much as I wish I was. And yeah, I, I hit that bedtime o'clock and I am, I am out. <laughs> I'm still waiting to figure out where my time of active is. <laughs> I'm not a night owl or a morning person. I'm sort of a, I don't know. <laughs> 1145 to 1146 person. It's amazing what you can get done in that time now. They order yes. books. That's when you order books. Order books. Yeah, that's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how about this then, right? So say um, someone's listening to this and they've got a dog and they're interested in the world of tricks. Well, first of all, go out and buy Tricks in the Sea, number one, yep, obviously. Yeah, do that. Um, but number two, what would, you, what would you recommend to get people started, some nice, easy things maybe to get them started, things to get them checking out? Yeah, so I think that, you know, the big thing is to make it fun for your dog. Have lots of treats, pay your dog. I feel like, you know, to us, that's probably pretty basic, but it is where people get really hung up on this idea where it's like, pay your dog for it, figure out what your dog likes to do and do more of that. That's something I talk a lot about actually in Chew This Journal is there's all these activities, figure out what your dog likes and do more of those kinds of things. If your dog loves to play ball, then let's teach your dog tricks that involve the ball. Let's teach them to play basketball. Let's teach them to, you know, push a ball into um, a soccer net, you know, do things like that that are already playing on the activities they like doing. If your dog hates toys, doesn't like toys. Well, let's not focus on that right now. Let's, you know, focus on things that your dog is going to find fun and save, you know, you know, that for later when you've already built more um, of a relationship around learning with your dog. And then you can tackle those tricks that are going to be more complicated, but start with stuff that your dog can be successful with and is going to have fun with. That's brilliant advice. I love that. Yeah, really good. And I think, you can't help but then smile and start cheerleading along and then you're getting positive reinforcement as well. So it, that it starts that kind of um, 
chain reaction, doesn't it, of, of all those positive experiences with each other? Absolutely. You know, I think that one of the things that I love about tricks for, you know, both people that have never trained dogs before, people who are, you know, serious dog sports competitors is that it's just fun. Like, yes, you can earn titles. Yes, you know, there could be ribbons involved or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just fun. And the more fun you're having, you know, with your dog, I mean, the better for your relationship on the whole. And it's, it's just not that serious. And I think that that's what can really sort of make it such an impactful piece of, you know, living, you know, life with you and your dog is that it, it isn't this life or death training thing. You actually, you know, you get to have fun together. You get to laugh. It's, it's silly, like have fun, be ridiculous. That's what I always, you know, try to encourage people to do too. Don't take any, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Don't be afraid to be goofy because your dog yeah. probably loves it. Yeah. 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 I got it. Yeah. Stupid voices in the middle of a field. Love it. Absolutely love it. I, yeah. yeah. I've been known yeah. to shout at people from across fields going, I love you. You know, people don't even know. <laughs> which I should probably cut out in fairness, but you never know. Um, yeah. I, and I, I often find it interesting point. Yeah. I, I thought of them when you, when you were telling um, us about the tricks there was quite often when, when I'm doing one-to-ones and relationships are broken down a little bit with their dogs, it's because they're in conflict. There's a battle. There's, there's something going on there. Like they want that. I want this. And now everything is going wrong. And, you know, and flipping that on its head and making what they want work for them in another way is sometimes the key to, to curing all of these issues sometimes. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I just did a, a trick training seminar on Zoom for the, oh, I'm going to mess up their acronym, the Canadian Association of Pet Dog Trainers, I think it's what their acronym is. And, you know, talking specifically about tricks for reactive dogs mm. and why, you know, you want to, you know, why you might want to incorporate trick training into not only your puppy classes, but also your general obedience classes and your, you know, private one-on-one -on -one work with, you know, people who are dealing with these really difficult issues. You know, I'll always say, you know, Charlotte was the most difficult dog I have ever had the pleasure of living with. She was also probably the smartest dog I ever had the pleasure of living with. And, you know, one of the things that I think is so key for people who are, you know, in that conflict, like you're talking about with their dog is figuring out, you know, where's the fun? Like, what, you know, where is sort of like the fun, joyful part of that relationship and how can you do more of that? And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're going to ignore all the like larger behavioral no. training things you need to work on, but you're, all of that other training is going to be so much more successful if you're not feeling like you're constantly in this adversarial relationship with your dog. Nobody wants to feel like that and your yeah. dog doesn't want to feel like that. Yeah. And it's going to help with compliance, isn't it? Because, I mean, I remember when I first started and I was going along to reactive dog classes as a client, yeah. God, I was filled with dread. I pretty much left every class in tears. I felt sick the entire time. And actually, if I'd have known we were going to start the class with some spins, which... I could do, my dog could do. It, it's almost like desensitization, counter conditioning for the, for the clients as well, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I think that that is such a, a common experience. You know, I think about when, you know, when we brought Charlotte home and living in, living in New York. And so literally anytime we left our apartment to 
potty her to do anything was a potential that we were, it was going to be a training session because we lived in a hundred unit building. There might be, you know, 50 dogs between our apartment and the, you know, getting through the elevator and the door, um, let alone down the sidewalk. And it was overwhelming. And I, you know, there were so many times that I would come, you know, back into the apartment, absolutely in tears, you know, of like, what am I doing? I clearly don't know what I'm doing. I'm a horrible dog trainer. I'm a horrible, you know, horrible person because I couldn't fix her. And I think, you know, obviously there's so many ways, you know, to that we need to think about how to shift that language from fixing to, you know, work meeting our dogs where they're at. But trick training really shifted that. All of a sudden there was this thing that she loved doing and that she was really good at. Um, and it completely shifted our relationship. It also gave us something to do in those moments where, ah, <laughs> I thought I muted you. All of the, you know, something to do in those moments where we were gonna be in a challenging situation, where we're in a park and all of a sudden there are, you know, three golden retrievers that are off leash across the park where they're not supposed to be. And now we're gonna turn and go the other way, but we're also gonna do tricks on this log and we're gonna you know do spins and we're gonna do things and so she suddenly had had concrete things that we could do together that she was really successful at um that were able to shift attention and so i think it's so helpful for you know people who are living with challenging dogs whether they're on the you know first time dog owner end of it or they're you know long-term dog people because yeah, I think we've all, I think we've probably all had the experience. You're eventually going to get that dog. <laughs> just as Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beyond belief, you know, and... <laughs> we all need a, a quick win sometimes, don't we? Yeah. On those bad days, we need something to pick us back up. <laughs> and with your, own, with your own dogs as well, where you're so emotionally involved in it, and you can't see the wood for the tree sometimes, and you're... I've, I've called Nat in a few times with my dogs because I'm like, I've lost it. I'm like, I'm rubbish. I'm rubbish. I don't know what to do. I need someone that can just sort of sit outside and look in and, you know... And I don't... There's no there's no shame in that at all. I think we've all we've all been in those sort of situations. Yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Penny agrees. Yes, she does agree, yeah. It's so hard when it's, like, what you do, right? Like, it's not just, like... But it's like when your entire life revolves around helping people to have better yeah. lives with your dog, yeah. and then you're like, my dog's not perfect. They're not. Yeah. They're not robots. Yeah, don't judge me by any of my dogs, please, please. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Cause it's, uh, I guess we sometimes you can take on the pressure that you know your dogs are a reflection of your skill as a trainer or a behaviorist and it's like no they're just living sentient beings that have their own personality and I'm making them as happy as possible and sometimes their recall might fail or sometimes they might get in a situation they can't cope with and they bark their way out of it that doesn't make me um you know, a, a bad behaviorist or trainer, it makes me a realist, really. And um, I'm, I'm always very honest um, to my clients that this is what my dog does too, you know, we're, yeah. we're all going through it. Yeah. And I think it's so important, especially like in the world of, you know, social media and, you know, everyone's posting like, you know, the, the, mo the most brilliant success, what, like especially trainers, and I get it, you know, mm -hmm. I, 
we're all guilty of doing it. But, you know, I think it's very easy then for people who, you know, haven't trained a dog before, who don't know that there are all of these pieces and they look at, you know, brilliant success stories, you know, that are, you know, viral on the internet and they mm. compare themselves and their own dog without ever really understanding. Like that is like one small moment of brilliance yeah. that's happening. I really appreciate it when you see people that post really dodgy videos of dog training. <laughs> I really love it. Like when someone drops all the, bends over and their treat pouch falls open and all the food falls out and then the dog just eats it all and you're like, great, I'm brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yep, love that. Love it when that happens. <laughs> all right, well... Love it. Well, on that on that note, because I think we're keeping you from your from your day. It's the end of end of our day over here. It's the start of your day. Mm. Yeah. Um. Have you got anything that you would like to um plug upcoming events? Um. Anything at all that you would like to throw out there? And and while you're doing that, everyone's gonna have to listen to me having a game with my Jack Russell just to keep her quiet. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you do the Jack Russell. Um, no, I don't think so. I think, you know, the big thing is Chew This Journal releases um, December 1st, and it's full of all these kinds of things we've been talking about, of, you know, feel good, help your dog feel good, celebrate the successes that you are having. Um, so, yeah, love folks to check that out. Feel free to check out my YouTube, uh, introvertcircus.com. And that's available for pre-order, Chew My Journal, yeah? It is, yeah. Chew This Journal is available for pre-order now, um, and then it will immediately ship when it releases on December 1. But folks can order it now. You can do all your holiday shopping ahead of time. You can you can add William to the rescue. Um, yep. Yeah. Rescue dogs to it, and you can have that delivered now. And who doesn't love a coloring book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> coloring book. We all, I think, if you guys are heading back into lockdown, people of all ages love coloring. Yes, we'll all need it. <laughs> well, There's thank lots you. of dogs. <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah, agreeing thank to come you. on. It's been brilliant. Yeah, it's been really, really good. Yes, and and Penny says so as well. So <laughs> I love the picture with all the dogs. I'm going to go post that. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll share mine with you as well. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you take thank care. You so much. No problem at all. It's our pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. You too. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Well, there we go, bookshelvers. Whoop, whoop. Lucky people. Absolutely lucky, lucky folks. Um, well, That's um, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Sassafras, again. Thank you, Sassafras. Um, you are a star. Yeah. I've, I've got a small callback from the from the in, intro, interview intro. Um, yes. Where we talked about one of Sassafras's books called Healing and healing healing or healing healing mm -hmm. healing 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 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um uh because we play a game don't we Nat? we do play a game okay yes can you explain the game because i'm not sure i could explain it uh basically the game is a word game where you pronounce well you pronounce it the same don't you yeah so you've got so you two want... different spellings of the same of a word that is pronounced the same and so you say both um and no you say one and <laughs> then you have to guess which one i mean and it's based on trust because you know you could lie so an example would be um seek seek as in uh someone that practices the religion yes is it yes yes not seek as in seek and destroy 
no. the Stooges song, which is brilliant. We played this a lot, didn't we, with voice messages. It was quite fun, actually. We do. So if anyone else is so bored that they... <laughs> I've, got, I've got another one. I've got another one. I've got Go another on one. Him. Go on, him. Patience. Patience. Like in a hospital. No, like oh. in testing my... That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was lying. What do you reckon? <laughs> Wow. Um, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, there's a knock on the door. <gasps> it can only be Who's one that? person, can't it? Surely. Maggie. Let's let him in. Whoa. It's a Greg Wallace moment. <laughs> Ooh. Right. There's some really nice little snippets. I could have chosen a few, actually, but mm. um, this is a nice one. And weirdly fits with what we were just talking about because it's in a section called patience (laughs) 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 nice callback you're so professional i know it's almost as if i prepare and plan these things i don't i don't okay so here we go here's my my greggy greggy wee moment um if your dog isn't consistently successful in your training sessions it's probably because you're asking for too much too soon Slow down, make the criteria easier, and then slowly build up to the full behaviour that you're trying to achieve. I love that. Done. Love I love that. that. I think that you could apply that to absolutely everything. Yes. And again, it sort of speaks to this whole idea of like, you know, whatever you're doing with your dog, that should, you should be looking out for these things anyway, you know, yeah. um, whether it is trick training or whatever you might be doing with them, some kind of sport, nose work, yeah. whatever, whatever it yeah. might be. Love that. Good Greg Wallace in there. Well yeah. done. Greg would be proud so. of that one. Um, my one is all about food. My favourite subject, food, food, food. Food, food, food. I haven't had my dinner yet, so I am. If you do hear any gurgles, that'll be why. <laughs> um, but uh, treats, specifically. Um, I, again, I'm going to read the passage here uh, and uh, we can have a little discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So, treats. When you work, you want to get paid. I could just leave it there. That would be enough. Yeah. But I'm going to read some more. When you, <laughs> treats. When you work, you want to get paid. So does your dog. Treat training is really important. I sometimes hear people say that they don't want to train with treats because they want their dog to work for the sure, for the sure joy of working with them. Do you work just because you get satisfaction from working? Probably not. Your dog is the same way. They want to get paid for their work. And more importantly, I added that bit in myself, they deserve to be paid. Yes, yeah. our dogs love us. But we need to keep building that relationship and paying or rewarding our dogs for a job well done. I am getting, this is where I come in. This isn't Zassafras. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting a bit, you know, just having to say the same thing over again. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, you know what? I get it. I do get it. You know, we, you, you, you don't know until you do know. Or, you know, sometimes you need a, um, uh, you know someone to say it to you for you to go oh yeah that makes complete sense of course i've been there i am there constantly on a weekly basis but you know this this whole idea about you know when do we stop paying our dogs for stuff Mm. um how long do i have to feed them for won't they get fat all of this sort of stuff um yeah um it's a real bugbear of mine Uh, and again no no disrespect to anyone that's thought or done that sort of thing but um when you're in it, you kind of it makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Um, 
So I don't know what the right way to get that message out. Read this book is a good way anyway. I think it's a really tricky one because, you know, we're coming at it from a dog training perspective. But I think Mm. in general, humans, uh, you know, struggle with the concept of positive reinforcement. Um, Certainly do with each other. Yeah, there isn't (laughs) much of that in human society generally anyway. So, you know... uh, it is hard because when you're working with people and you're having to kind of explain that what to us is just second nature, simple principles, sometimes you're working against the fact that, you know, they don't praise their children. So, you know, how are we yeah. going to change, how are we going to change their mind about how they're going to react to their dog? So I think it's, it's tricky. It's an important thing to keep keep going on about it's a philosophical um, question almost isn't it in a, in a weird way yeah um and, and also finding like finding out what works for your dog as well you know um scooby as i was talking about him earlier with who had the headbutt and groin incident um uh he would he would happily just work for kibble all day long that dog i swear to god mm. you could reward him with cardboard i never did but <laughs> But he, you know, he would just do, you know, some dogs are more discerning. Some dogs need the highest value fillet steak or a toy or, you know, so, you know, trying to work out what the currency is you need to use is important as well. Not just giving up because your dog didn't eat that hot dog sausage or something like that or. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And also I think, you know, if your dog isn't um, motivated by the reward you're giving, is it about the reinforce or is it about the The activity you're trying to train? Because yeah, there's so many different factors. It could be that, um, you know, you're trying to enforce your expectations of training onto your dog. And going Um, back to what we were talking about before, that's, you know, you should always put that filter across of like, is my dog enjoying this? Yeah. Not, not taking food could be an indication they're not for some reason exactly exactly yeah i i think um is it nando brown that said this i don't know he said everyone needs to stop being stingy after all we're not dealing in gold here it's sausages yeah i read that the other day there was a i saw the name i quite like that it's very good it's good it's like you know just it's only a bit of food (laughs) yeah (laughs) jesus calm down everyone crikey (laughs) Crikey. And I, on, on terms of weight as well, I, um, you know, I, um, I, I, I always use food with my dogs. I use it quite a lot throughout the day on walks and little training sessions and, and things like that. I, you know, it does seem like I feed them a lot, but both my dogs are in peak physical condition. You know, they're not great mm. big things that need wheelbarrowing out of the house. Um, so, you yeah. know, you just got to be sensible, haven't you? You can take it out of their daily allowance. Of course you can. You can cut that. You'd be surprised with the, 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 the amount you have to use in terms of each treat, you know, um, just a little taster sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's the same as we would do with us. You know, yeah. if you, if, if you well, went no, out it's, for the day, it's the same as I should do with me. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have to be wheelbarrowed out of the house. <laughs> oh dear yeah and gary my my wheelbarrow bearer is is really he's he's a strong lad but he's starting to get annoyed with me (laughs) anyway yes treats go on yeah pay pay your dog treat yourself you stingy (laughs) anyway (laughs) right are we done yeah i think that did we did we greggy did he? We do. Yeah. We have to say goodbye to Greg. See you later, Greg. Bye, Greg. Bye, Greg. Question. 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 
Okay, we have a bumper edition of questions here. Oh, um, oh it's, a, it's a veritable postman's bag is. full of questions, isn't and it? And I, do you know what? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight. Should we try and get through them all without eight boring questions. everyone? So we'll do quick fire. Quick fire. Okay. So first one is from um, Diana Golowitzer. What an amazing surname, Diana. I'm very jealous. It's the podcast of um, great names. Yeah. So what she says, um, what are your thoughts on using different markers for different rewards, such as when throwing a toy, sprinkling treats on the floor, delivering food to the mouth, etc.? Useful or confusing for the dog, that is. Many thanks. Uh, difficult markers for different rewards. Well, you've got... Can I jump in? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So you've got two things going on there, Diana. You've got the conditioned reinforcer, which is the marker, and then you've got the primary reinforcer, which is your food or toy. Toy. Okay. Um, So I would tend to stick with the same conditioned reinforcer, but mix up my primary reinforcer. So I, I hope this answers what you want, but let's say I was using a clicker or the word yes when I wanted to say to my dog, brilliant, that's what I wanted, well done, you don't have to keep trying. Um, it then doesn't really matter what the primary what reinforcer is. The primary reinforcer yep. is, or the delivery of the primary reinforcer, because if you've got your conditioning process right, it's the yes that they're listening for. So I, I am actually some a bit science. Steve does science. Hold on, everybody. Steve does science. Get um, your lab coat on. <laughs> I think this was from. I might be misspeaking here, but I think this was from Dog is Love. But when they were talking about the dogs that had been uh, 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 trained to sit in MRI machines, mm. the conditioned um reinforcer the like the clicker um Mm -hmm. the same reward centers of the brain lit up as when you gave your dog like a bit of sausage so that shows there's there's the science there for you there's a lovely bit of science i'm sure there's a a study associated with that that i will promptly forget to post on facebook yeah that's associative learning that's that's the way it works so um so yeah diana i would say use a single marker which is a conditioned reinforcer and then whatever you want to do in terms of throwing a toy or sprinkling treats that's what's making the association with the the noise or whatever you're using as your marker lovely that helps good question okay so uh lovely lucas the lurcher who's very clever and can use facebook Um, (laughs) uh hello lucas um lucas asks does the size of the reward make a difference um you both know lucas he's not really big on treats in new environments but um, I'm sure a whole sausage rather than one cut up into small bits is a better distraction. <laughs> but is, a, is, is, big be, is bigger better? Uh, does that make sense? Yes. Um, is, I, is that's quite funny it? because I, I wanted Emma to be writing like... Um, I thought <laughs> like Lucas was, was talking. Lucas, yeah. Yeah, saying, I, I thought Lucas was I, talking in the third person then. I need bigger treats. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, uh, yeah, definitely, I would give that a go. So if if he can sort of turn his nose up a li- little piece of something, I would still always offer because if he's sniffing it, he's still getting a little bit of something mm. nice. Um, but yeah, why not um, start off with a whole sausage that he can munch a bit off of or maybe show him the whole sausage, break a bit off and give him that. I'm all about trying different ways of delivering um, food to to find out one that works really show me the money 
Um, yeah. uh, also, I think worth worth um, saying there is obviously if he's you know continuously not taking food, then it might be environmental you know issues yeah. there or you know something going on. But but yeah, um, crack the sausages out, isn't it, Emma? Yeah. I, re- I reckon Lucas did write that. I reckon he did. Yeah. <laughs> Next, right? Um, we have. Uh, a question from Dominika Bakova. I hope I've said that right. Um, Dominika, Dominica? I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, she says, "Afternoon, dog geeks. Woo! Hello. Uh, this is a philosophical question. Oh, here we go. Uh-huh. My my dog is fearful of most of my partner's family, mostly men, but none of my family or friends. He will bark, lunge, try to bite if they interact, and movement makes it worse. Of course." Um, little bit of background some of his family are a bit afraid of dogs and he's always barked and lunged at my father-in-law who doesn't listen to my requests to ignore him and over the last 10 years he's had to be kept away from them um because we can't risk anything happening so i guess it i had to eke out the question here i think if you yeah yeah. i I did ask i think the question is why does it happen with yeah so yeah so why might that be happening and um loads of reasons maybe Mm. but um it could be to do with their behaviour. If they're being a bit um, on edge themselves. Um, but I always like to... I'm going to go off on a tangent here, Dominica, so I'm sorry if it doesn't answer your question. But I always like to look um, outside the box. And I would be thinking about things like, does your partner's family um, smoke and your family doesn't? And your doggy might have something in their history about smoking and have made an association there there can be all sorts of things that are really going on and that's what I love about um behavior work because uh, you know if I was coming to you for a consult we'd be asking all these questions and observing things and you know particularly if you say your father-in-law isn't listening to you then probably none of these people are listening to the dog either and Mm. so he's had to shout a bit louder to get his his point across um Mm. so um yeah lots of different factors uh really um and you know without sitting down and asking more questions it's tricky to say stick your miss marple hat on (laughs) yeah have a think about it yeah i've I've got a nice little story actually that kind of um goes along with with that with the 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 kind of difficulty sometimes of pinpointing a trigger so um one um of our lovely friends jade She's had a client and um, her uh, there were, the dog was barking in the night. And so she went through all the differentials and everything that could be causing this barking in the night. Um, nothing to do with the dog. Turns out that the, the owner was poorly. Oh, that's really interesting. And yeah, the dog was mm-hmm. alerting um, the fact that this owner was having um, episodes through the night. How amazing is that? Wow, there you go. Yeah. So there's so much going on that we aren't aware of. And, you know, that's why I like thinking outside the box for these kind of things. That's a really, really cool story. Hi, Jade, Mm. if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah, hi, Jade. Yeah, okay, cool. Next. Next. Um, Catherine Sainz says, really interested to know your view on Turid Rugas' article on SIT this week. The public class I attend taught a lured SIT that now seems to be wrong. If you train a captured sit rather than a lured one, is that better? Ah, uh, this is interesting. Um, this kind of kind of alludes to what we were talking about um, a little bit with the tricks, doesn't it? And, and mm. again, again, as I step into 
maybe slightly controversial uh, territory here. I think sometimes, again, you do throw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit sometimes here. But I, from what, how I understand this, and, and, and I speak for myself here, but how I understand this is the whole thing is about... I didn't actually read this. Did you read the Turid regatta? I've had a little read, yeah. I mean, I don't... I, I'm not sure of the article that Catherine's talking about, but I know that Turid's written about um, sit in the past. So okay. I, I kind of... Yeah, I'm not sure I've read the right article, but I, I kind of know what... what I might I might be completely off, off, off here, so just jump in if I am. But I think the, the issue with sits is that some dogs don't naturally want to do it. Um, uh, it's uncomfortable for some dogs, um, you know, and if you're constantly teaching your dog to do it, it's, you know, it's, you could be, again, you're doing it against their will, you know, teaching an uncomfortable position that might add up to something later on down the line, you know, in terms of joint problems mm. and things along those lines so um so what do i think about i mean is, is i'm not sure i i don't do a lot i don't when we got peach i started to do a lot of sit stuff with peach because she would offer it all the time left right and center mm. now that could be previous learning from her because she's a rescue so she might have learned that that gets her something so she might be doing it but i'm all i'm constantly watching her for what she does in terms of um you know how she gets into position how she gets out does she seem comfortable all of those sorts of things um and uh it's it's handy um for for peach for all sorts of different reasons um Penny, she loves to lay down. She absolutely loves to lay down. That girl does. Mm. So I don't need. I don't need. There's never been an issue in in terms of me needing it with Penny. Um, so yeah, coming at a point from ignorance because I haven't read the article. Although I, sh- I imagine it's a similar sort of thing to that. Is it? Um, in yeah, terms of- I think um, so. Because. Um, if a dog naturally wants to sit, then you're capturing it, aren't you? Rather yeah. than luring it. And therefore only dogs that are comfortable doing it would do it. Would do it. And that's um, a good way to filter it out. Yeah, yeah. but okay. I, I really like the way that Turid writes about sit. She just says, you know, it's one of those traditional exercises, not really sure what the, the point is, but it can be useful as an alternative incompatible mm. behavior if a dog is really jumping up. Um, but you know, I certainly won't be teaching Drax to sit. Um, Grew, I've never taught to sit, um, uh, and the the terriers don't really need to. I mean, I think yeah, I I haven't really taught any of mine, but because I don't really use it in any no, I don't see what what I would use it for. Yeah. Um. So I, I think there is a lot of tradition and we just do it because that's what you learn in a puppy class um i can't i I honestly honest to god can't remember the last time i had to teach sits in a puppy class because people come even with their dogs eight weeks old it's the first thing people teach their dogs to do but i think i i think it it does have a place because it's a very easy thing to teach Mm. and it starts that process of of learning and the relationship building so even though a dog may not naturally put their bum on the floor you know um if it's a little bit of bonding and positive reinforcement then i'm not seeing the harm if there's no physical problem but it's not a priority for me personally yes i'm gonna have a very very quick break because i can hear my jack russell um uh, shouting away next door well why don't we save a few of these questions for next time okay yeah we can save a few questions for next time so we've got uh, uh, just um, last one actually from Melissa what's the first beer we'll have when we go back to the pub <laughs> <laughs> 
I like an asphalt. Yeah, I like an asphalt, but we have we have been allowed to go back. It's a cider girl. I'm 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 really um like a shameful um you know um uh uh hipster. I I really like IPAs at the moment. They're my they're my go to because you know you always change your mind though. You you very rarely have the same drink. No, they very rarely, yeah, because because they don't, no, not many pubs do them, and if they do do them, they do mm. them in the little bottles, and I just, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I I like a pint, you know, so I normally end up going back to the lagers, but now once you've once you've crossed over, once you've crossed from the lagers yeah, but then to the RBAs, red wine in a rum and coke, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. It is a good point. I do have a problem. Um, yeah, I'll have whatever you're offering, Melissa. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's your round anyway, isn't it, Melissa? So, <laughs> yeah, it's her round. So She's let's got go. a far way to come. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Good question. Right. We will, if, if you've, if you have, um, uh, given us, uh, uh, a question, uh, then we will answer it on the next round because we did have a Yes, note. we've got, we've got a couple we can save from Diane and Greggy and Carrie. So we will save those for next time. Bonza. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank right. You. I'm going to take a very quick break while I go and see what, uh, has uh, upset my little penny and I will okay. be back for two All seconds. Right, bye. Right, just rehomed the Jack Russell. Cool. <laughs> Terriers, eh? You'd have them. Don't know, don't know any dog trainers, do you? <laughs> no, sorry, mate. I don't. <laughs> My two little terriers are looking at me now. They're like, uh, excuse me, it's seven o'clock. We have not had our dinner. Is it seven o'clock, is it? Oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. I, I feel their pain. I feel their pain. Better go and feed them, really. Um, I mean, probably feed them once a week, shouldn't you? You should probably, at least once a week. <laughs> I've got. I, I have got a very quick um, in praise of dogs uh, poem to read out. Lovely. Okay. So it's a very quick one before we say. No, I like a bit of story time with Steve. So go for it. It's very quick. So this one is called Love. <clears throat> uh, love, true unbridled love is looking at what I just did on the sidewalk and then picking it up in a bag. I can only imagine as a treasured keepsake. Wow, the collection you must have by now. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I like that. I saw that today. That is a, brilliant. As a little meme. I wonder what I does, like that a lot. I wonder what does go through their little minds when you you're like picking up. The... You know what? I was thinking that very thing today because I, I think it must be really annoying because I've, this week I've been teaching about um, uh, territory mm-hmm. and how a lot of mammals will use fecal matter and urine to mark their territory. Oh. Okay. Um, you know, and then we like badgers, for example, they mark their their um, territory by having latrines and they go around and they poo in the areas. Um, and then we we do we just pick it up with our dogs. It must be really annoying. Yeah. It must be like someone following you around and, and kind of rubbing out any notes that you make. How annoying would that be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically saying, you know, fish was here. Yeah. I got a, uh, one of the dogs up. that comes out training with me, um, Arky, big Labradoodle. He's such a funny pooer. He like he 
he runs like he runs towards the spot you can tell it's a poo run like i've uh, yeah. been around him long enough to tell he runs when he gets to the spot though he starts circling but he runs like circling so he starts in a big circle and then it yeah. gradually gets smaller and smaller and faster and faster <laughs> and faster and faster and he stops and just poos right where he is amazing it is brilliant he decimates the grass though <laughs> it's like it's like he's doing wheel spins it is it's like a wheel spin poo is the only way wow. to describe it absolutely incredible um yeah yeah i'm well, glad then. we've ended the podcast on that note on that note yeah on that <laughs> note um everybody um like us subscribe us send us emails send us questions um thank you very much um thank you for listening had some yo i, I looked up the um the amount of downloads we're getting each episode now and that's just astronomically gone up this week so thank you Amazing. very very well, very 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 much for that we love you all um we've got some really really cool things in the pipeline coming up some absolutely fabulous things coming yes, up actually so yeah. um so stay tuned um and uh yeah um i will see you when i see you uh sister behaviorista yeah, yeah? indeed yeah see you soon and uh we'll be in your earlobes again soon yes invited or okay. not <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> bye Atoms collide, our cells divide, just like they've always done. A spark of life, we multiply this ride, has just begun. Stretches back through all time. Time guided by a primal desire to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down. Right.
tied to all this this bliss a wish a kiss you can't keep me down you know and I can't keep you down And it was